actually on message four, uh, save the best for last uh, in our relationship series because uh, because God just showed up and just did His own thing. When He that just that just is what it is, and that's what what He do. And so when He decided to change the schedule, we just got to be willing to get out the way and allow Him to change whatever it is that uh, He wants to change. Uh, and so we just let Him do His thing, and so and we were truly blessed by that. And uh, so we gonna we gonna pick up uh, kind of where we left off on message four. Uh, of our relationship series, uh, and just kind of, and just kind of go along from there. Um, now, uh, you all have our scripture reference sheet. Some of you all may want to use the Bible. I'll be reading out of the NIV uh, version of the Bible. Um, so, if you have an NIV, you may want to follow along your Bible because we're going to deal with the entire book of Ruth. Uh, we're going to look at uh, the the first through the fourth chapter, uh, but we're not going to read every verse. We're kind of going to jump around. Um, so, again, we're going to forego the standing because we're just going to kind of back jump back and forth uh, between. Uh, the scriptures. Um, uh, up until this point, we have uh, we have dealt with singleness uh, and the need to keep uh, Christ the center uh, of our attention um, during our season of singleness. Uh, we, we talked about being prepared to enter into a relationship, um, and we talked about the three signs of relationship readiness. Uh, we also talk about uh, the three steps or the three phases uh, of a healthy relationship uh, up until this point. So uh, if you missed any of that, uh, all of that is posted onto the website. Uh, you can go and uh, get the recap uh, on there. Uh, today we're going to kind of begin to deal with uh, value, uh, your value, and the need to not allow anyone uh, to devalue you. Uh, and so that is moving into our fourth message for our series, um, Save uh, the Best for Last. Um, we, we said on last week or the week before um, that you cannot um, skip phases in the progression process. Uh, we said that being in a relationship is, is progressive uh, and we have to move from the intellectual into the emotional uh, and then to the physical, but we cannot st skip phases because we said that you could not go uh, out of order uh, in, those, um, in those phases, in those steps, uh, because if we jump um, to a, a step that we're not supposed to be on, then we'll, uh, we talked about some of the issues and the problems uh, that we will have. Uh, and so we talked about the importance of saving the best for last. Um, so we're going to kind of just, just kind of really dive into that um, because that last stage, that physical stage, that sexual stage uh, in which what we're talking about uh, is a very revealing stage. Uh, and with that stage, uh, there is a lot of things uh, that comes along with it. Um, and so you got to understand that uh, when, we, when we probably understand that progressing process and the intellectual emotional stages and understand how important they are, uh, we begin to understand that uh, waiting, um, again, that we, because we have so much value, uh, that we are, again, uh, worth the wait. Now, because uh, this is how God designed things, that, um, that sex would come after uh, we were uh, married, uh, when we do things out of order, uh, we mess up the original design. Uh, so in other words, God designed uh, a sex in a certain order, uh, in a certain manner, and when we do things out of the way, we do it uh, against the way in which he has intended for things to be, and oftentimes, uh, if we don't follow the manufacturer's directions, uh, we won't get the result, or it won't operate as it was supposed to operate, or it won't operate as it was supposed to operate when it was created. Um, and so God created us a certain way, and he expected things to be a certain way, uh, and so if we do things God's way, we will get God's type of results. If 
we do them our way, we'll get our type of results. And oftentimes, we're not pleased with our results um, because oftentimes we can't get the results um, that God will get. Uh, now, it also puts us in the proper place of obedience um, because we know that God don't bless no mess. Um, so we can't, uh, we can't on one hand do our own thing and then pray that God is going to bless us in doing, our, in doing what it is that uh, we want to do. So uh, it really is his way uh, or no way. God is not going to accept your way. He is not going to change his mind. He is not going to change his word just because you want things to be different. Um, so we got to get to the point where we understand that and we just accept his wills, accept his word, accept what it is that he has for our life, accept his purpose for our life. Uh, and then I think that we will have uh, the most success. Um, we will also in our waiting um, to, to, to get to that stage, allowing it to progress, uh, we can avoid some of the negative consequences that goes along with not uh, saving the best for last. Uh, so the biggest thing that I see, especially among Christians, because, yeah, it seems like we Christians, we have sex just as much as the world uh, have sex now being uh, out, of, out of wedding, out of uh, marriage, um, and it, it creates an ineffective ministry. Uh, so many people, a lot of times, yeah, you know, especially, uh, when, it, especially when it comes to women, is that we expect, uh, you know, women always say, well, you know, a person can change and things of that nature. Uh, and yes, they can change, but a lot of times, uh, a lot of times, the person you're with can't be changed if your ministry is ineffective. In other words, what I'm saying is that you, you can't, you can't be laying up with your partner and then you sitting there wondering why they won't go to church with you. you, you you're wondering why you can't get them to, 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 to begin to build a relationship with Christ because when he looks at your relationship, he sees the tarnish on yours. And you, you, you run the church and you sing and you praise and you do all this type of stuff and you talk about how, uh, how, how you know, God is so good and how you just serving him and how you just blessing him. Uh, but then what that person sees is how you will lay down with them whenever they decide, decide that they want to lay down. Uh, and so it creates an ineffective ministry and we have to just be real about that. I'm telling you, there are sometimes, sometimes we don't even open our mouth because our ministry have become so ineffective because of the things in which we've done that we don't even feel like we have a we that we have uh we, that we have the uh, the the audacity to even open our mouth to mention the name of Jesus because all the stuff that we know we've been doing and you know, don't nobody like no hypocrites. And so we have to make sure that we're getting this piece right because this is a big piece of our lives. Uh, and it's a piece that makes ministry, uh, the ministry of so many people uh, so ineffective. We also, also when, when, when we skip steps and we go to that phase, uh, there is a, a, an emotional aftermath. Uh, the aftermath of actually, uh, you know, giving up everything after revealing yourself uh, only to realize that, there, that that person really wasn't the one uh, and that you just got caught up. Uh, and, and I know some of us have been to the point where, you know, you were so excited about it uh, and you did the thing and then afterwards you felt worse afterwards than you did beforehand yeah yeah I, I know I know some of us been there and then I, again if we I, I, I know that God understood what would happen if we did things out of order he knew about the fatherless homes he knew about uh, you know all the emotional stresses that you would have uh, he knew about all the things that would happen if we did things out of order he knew about all the STDs and things of that nature he knew all that stuff was going to happen so when he told us to do things in a certain order he told it for our good he said I'm looking out for you by telling you this uh, the same thing which our parents have done for us a lot of times which we didn't understand it and it seems so strict it seems so tough when we were being told about it but he but a lot of times we know that a lot of times our parents have done things for us because they really had our, our good in mind they were looking out for us even when we didn't understand it and sometimes uh, we don't understand why God does a certain thing but oftentimes he's looking out for us again he's our heavenly father and if and now if your if your if your natural mother and father knew how to take care of you just by natural instinct then naturally your 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 heavenly father knows how to do just the same so a lot of things he tells us he tells us for our good 
good uh, because he know the results that we uh, could get uh, if we just do begin to do things, uh, do things in ways he has commanded us to do them. Now, I, I believe that, uh, that, that sex is one of the main reasons why a lot of people are still unmarried. Uh, because we went to that stage, uh, and what happens is we went to that stage with a person, uh, we had sex with them, uh, which is the physical stage, and then afterwards, they didn't want to go back and establish the intellectual or emotional stage. So in other words, after, they, after, they have, uh, after you all have went to the physical stage, you found out uh, that they didn't want to go back to the emotional stage. In other words, they didn't really care about the, your emotion as long as they can stay in that physical stage with you. So in other words, uh, you, you, you begin to feel like uh, why somebody, it seems like they only wanted to have sex with you and they're concerned about nothing else about uh, you. Uh, and, and oftentimes that happened because of that. And so again, all those things, type of things we can't avoid uh, if we properly build that emotion, that intellectual emotional stage uh, and do things in which uh, the way in which God has uh, told us to do. That way we won't be able, we won't be giving up a piece of us uh, again because in that stage people can begin to understand a, a lot about us and so we won't be giving up a piece of us. Uh, somebody has to, has to accept the whole part of it and, and that's just it. Um, and see some people you hook up with they only want a piece of you but you got to let understand now I'm talking about men and women because now women are just as aggressive as men are uh, and so sometimes, sometimes women just want a piece of you men you gotta you, you gotta understand that so you gotta let you gotta it has to be established from the beginning uh, that that you are a total package uh, that you have to they have to accept everything about you and so uh, you know so we can we, 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 we can progress that they are not going to be able to just get uh, a piece of you and then be able to move on a lot of us have heard the saying that uh, you uh, you know why buy the cow when you can get the milk uh, for free I mean, that is for real. You got to think about that. And I believe that is why uh, a lot of people still remain unmarried because they got the milk. And so they have no need to make a commitment after that. That just is what it is. So uh, it's tight, but it's right. So we got to make sure we do that. But when we begin to value ourselves and we understand the value that we have, uh, we begin to treat ourselves different and people will begin to treat us different. You see, you don't keep your best diamonds out with the costume jewelry. You see, that's reserved. It's set back. It's put in a special place because uh, that's just not for uh, any, anything or anybody uh, to have access to. Uh, and so we got to make sure we understand that it's no different than when you go into a jewelry store. There is things that they leave out in the front for everybody to see for everybody to touch and everybody to put their hands on. But then there are certain jewels that you only get that you only get if you if they take you to the back. And the only way you go into the back is once you once you've shown once you've shown that you have a, a genuine interest or a genuine commitment to buy. That's the only way you'll get back there. So it's only choice people that ever get the opportunity to go to the back. Not just any browser or anybody that's window shopping get to uh, touch on all the, 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 the valuable diamonds that's in the back. So you got to begin to understand your value. Uh, and again, other people will understand that you have uh, also. Now, uh, in your Bibles or in your reference sheet, Ruth, uh, the first chapter. Now, I wanted to deal with Ruth and Lord just, oh my God, he just brought so much stuff out of these, these particular scriptures as it relates to uh, as it relates to waiting. And I think that uh, Ruth herself gives us the best example or gives us a good example uh, of what it uh, means to wait and how uh, even in our waiting, uh, we end up getting everything that God has intended for us to get. I'm telling you, God has a way of just, just working things and just changing things and, and just doing things that you just never thought. Even when it seemed like you ain't going to get what it is that... Uh, that God has for you. God has a way uh, of bringing that thing to pass and making it happen. Uh, we are in uh, a roof. Uh, again, the, we're going to begin in the first chapter. 
Uh, and you can use your reference sheet or the Bible. I'll be in the NIV version of the Bible. Now, uh, in the book of Ruth, uh, in the first uh, chapter, we learned that uh, Naomi, um, that Ruth and uh, Orpah was the uh, daughter-in-laws of Naomi. Uh, and Naomi uh, had moved to uh, Moab because of a famine uh, in Bethlehem. And uh, her husband had died. And then she had two sons, which in turn died. Uh, and that's why she was left with, uh, that's why she was left with her daughters. And uh, they, were, they were all living together. And so uh, at this point in the first chapter, we learned that Naomi got word um, that things were good back at home. Um, so she decided that she was going to get ready and move back home. And as they began to journey, um, she said unto her daughters-in-laws, hey, look, y'all need to go back to y'all own homes. Y'all need to go back to your fathers uh, or your mothers because um, I'm too old. I'm not having no more sons. And um, if you want to uh, one day be married, then it's best that you go back uh, and, you, and you go with them. Uh, and that's in verse 9. If you look at chapter 1, verse 9, uh, it says, May the Lord grant that each of you will uh, find rest in the home of another husband. So in other words, she was saying, look, I, I know that, you know, with me, you are not going to be able to get married. Um, so if you all go um, back to your homes, then you might be able to. Uh, one, uh, then Naomi is using human intellect. I'm telling you, God has a way of doing things even, even when it don't make sense to Naomi and maybe even to them. That made sense that they would go and, and get into a position or a place where they could find a husband. Uh, but uh, God had a different plan uh, in mind. Now, so uh, they kind of began to go back and forth and Naomi began to, uh, you know, really request that they would go. Uh, and uh, in verse 14, it says that at, uh, at this they wept again and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Um, so Orpah decided that she was going to go uh, and be obedient and do the things in which Naomi had commanded her to do. Uh, but Ruth said no, um, that she was going to stay and she was going to cling with her. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I saw that uh, Ruth did, she said, look, it didn't matter whether or not uh, I had a husband or not because I was committed to you anyway. So, so, so the, 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 the presence or the absence of my husband does not change my commitment unto you. See, we got to have that same, uh, that same attitude, uh, that same, uh, that, that, that same clinging that, uh, that Ruth had, uh, whether we have a mate or whether we don't have a mate, whether we married or unmarried, where we single, it doesn't make a difference. That should not change. So what Ruth was saying was that, look, my commitment unto you does not change. That's because my husband is here no longer. And so when we, when we, when we go into God, we got to make sure that our relationship with, uh, with him doesn't change uh, because of our, our, our current situation or our current circumstances. We have to make sure that uh, our, our prayer uh, and our fasting and our worship unto him doesn't change just because I'm married or just because I'm unmarried, just because I've been praying for made and hadn't got one yet, I have to make sure that that doesn't change because I have to have a commitment that's above and beyond outside of anything that can happen uh, to me here on this earth. In verse 18, it says, uh, chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, um, so she stopped urging her. Um, so again, uh, Ruth was determined uh, to be there. She wasn't going to let anything stop that, even if it meant that she wasn't going to have another husband. Yeah, I, I, e even if it meant she wasn't going to have another husband. I asked a question. I asked a question to somebody the other day. I said, what if God said you wasn't going to be married? What, what if God said that you were not going to be married? What then was your response be? Would you be different towards God because he said you wasn't going to get married? Maybe his purpose for your life doesn't include marriage. Have you, have you ever thought about that? 
See, see, we always say, and we're good for saying this, and that's why we, we have to make understand when we talk about God giving us the desires of our heart. Listen, but the thing is, as we become more like him, his, desire, his desires are supposed to become our desires. So I began to desire the same things that he desires. So my desires over time will begin to change. So, so when, if I'm desiring what he's desiring, yes, he will give me desires of our heart because they're his desires. Now, if his purpose is different for your life than what you had planned, I know you had all these hoops, uh, dreams and things of that nature. And that's what we talked about when purpose and ambition collide. When what you want to do and what God wants you to do began to collide, it brings us to a crossroad cross where we have to make a decision. And so I pose that question to you all, uh, everybody that desiring to one day be in a relationship, what if he says no? What if he didn't say two years? What if he say 10 years? I mean, then what? Does our attitude change toward God? And see, so just like just like we're looking to be more like him and have that same uh, that have that same dedication and faithfulness as he is, just like he doesn't change. We cannot change. We cannot change because God has not given us or done what it is that we've been praying about. And that just is what it is. Chapter two. So uh, so then uh, Ruth and they so Ruth uh, stayed with Naomi uh, and now they are uh, uh, journeying back uh, to Bethlehem. Now, chapter two uh, in the book of Ruth. Now, now this is where uh, Ruth is going to need to meet uh, Naomi. Uh, and in verse three, chapter two, it says, so she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvest, uh, behind the harvesters. Gleaners were uh, they basically were uh, the poor, the widows or, or the or, or the fatherless who would go out uh, after the harvest harvesters would go make a pass they would come behind them and basically pick up any scraps um, that was left over so anything that was left over um, they would go and get because they did not have uh, anyone provided for them now uh, Naomi once she asked for permission she said um, so she asked her mother-in-law could she go out and do that um, because she understood that um, she didn't have a husband at that point that Naomi didn't have a husband at that point and it was during that time uh, where men were uh, the main provider but she said well look I understand neither one of them got no husband but we still got to eat so I'm gonna go out uh, and go out and get on the field and do what it is uh, that I that I need to do to make sure that we still uh, have what it is uh, that we need to do um, so in other words uh, Naomi had a work ethic uh, so she she wasn't she wasn't sitting around on her butt she was still uh, getting up and doing the things in which she needed to do even though she didn't have a husband now this is a woman uh, that had a, a reason to be bitter a reason to be sad a reason to be uh, you know all messed up or crazy in the head because she because her husband was gone because she had loved and lost but she wasn't uh, again she wasn't doing that and it says as it turned out she found herself working in a field be belonging to Boaz uh, who was from the clan of uh, Imale, uh, Elimelech uh, so so in other words she said as it turned out the Bible says as it turned out uh, I, I believe that means as God worked it out uh, because I just don't think it was a coincidence that she ended up in Boaz field now there was a lot of fields that she could have ended up in but it just so happened the Bible says as it turns out she just so happened to end up there I believe that that is when God began to move and do things so you you just thought you was going but you were really going to the field in which God intended for you to be going to. Now, now listen, her husband, her husband was coming from the field in which she was supposed to be working in. But now listen, if she had been so caught up in getting the husband, she would have ended up in uh, back with her mom and them. So she never would have been in the field where she would have found her husband. So we have to stay planted and be in the place where God wants us to be, to be in a position to even uh, find the mate or the person that God wants us to be with. 
So she was in the proper place of obedience, and that's why she ended up being in a place in which God uh, will reveal her husband unto her. So one, uh, Naomi, uh, Ruth was uh, dedicated, she was loyal, uh, and she had a work ethic. Verse 5 says, chapter 2, verse 5 says, Boaz asked the foreman of the harvesters, uh, whose young woman uh, is that? Um, so again, uh, here we see Boaz noticing uh, Ruth. So the same things he noticed her work ethic. Now, I imagine that there was a lot of poor women out there, a lot of widows uh, and a lot of uh, fatherless out there. Uh, but but for some reason, this is the foreman and the Bible says that uh, Boaz was a man they standing. What was it that made Boaz stop and notice Ruth out of all the people that was out there gleaning the field out of all the harvesters and everybody out there? There was something that made Boaz uh, notice Ruth out of everybody else. And see, when we when we talk about uh, really doing the things of God and Ruth didn't have her mind on the husband at the time. She had her mind on doing the things in which she needed to do at the time in the season in which she were in. She was in a season where she should be working, and so she was working instead of worrying about her husband. And while she was working, doing the things she was supposed to do, then her husband began to notice her. So she, she, had a, she, she had a work ethic, and uh, that work ethic is something you got to need because you got to understand if you plan on being in a relationship, a long, successful relationship, so in other words, you plan on being in a marriage one day, you got to understand that all of us that heard this, that marriage take work. So you need a work ethic going into a marriage because it's going to take some work. And I'm telling you, I, being married is the best thing. That's the best decision I have ever made. I love being married, but that's a constant work. That's a constant job. It's something you have to constantly work on uh, if you're going to be in a successful relationship. So you got to go into uh, a, a marriage or a relationship relationship uh, with a work ethic, willing to work uh, on what it is uh, that you plan on doing. In verse uh, 7, it says that she worked, uh, the, the foreman began to explain to Boaz uh, that she had been working all day and that she had been working steadily. So in other words, she wasn't taking breaks every 15 minutes. She wasn't running off and feel hiding and crying. Uh, she wasn't deciding she wasn't going to work or none of that type of stuff. He said she'd been working steadily uh, ever since she'd been out here, only taking a small break just for, just for lunch or just to get something to drink. Uh, and that is what uh, Boaz began to notice in her in verse 8 it says so Boaz said to Ruth my daughter listen to me he said don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here so in other words he said look um, you you stay right here so that I can make sure that uh, nothing else happens to you from this point. So in other words, he wanted to make sure to make it clear unto her that he didn't want her going nowhere else. Listen, I'm telling you, listen, y'all got to understand. Now check this out. He said, I want, you to, I, I want you to stay right here with me. And then he said in verse 9, he said, watch the fields where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. Uh, and then whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the waters of the jar that the men has filled. So in other words, he said, look, he said, look, not only did he say, look, you stay right here because I don't want nothing else to happen to you. I'm telling you, uh, when somebody really wants you, they ain't going to be pushing you away. You ain't going to have to worry about whether uh, they want you in their face or not. They will be inviting you in. But what he began to do, the Bible said, I have told the men not to touch you. So in other words, listen, before he, before he even married her, before they even got together, he began to protect her. He said, look, I'm not going to let nothing else happen to you. So I already told the men not to even mess with you. Then he said, look, he said, when you get thirsty, go and get a drink from the water in which the men had filled so then he began to provide for her so he began to protect her and provide for her and she and he had and she hadn't even had sex with him yet Come on now. 
he said, don't, don't, don't go away from here. No, you, you, need, you need to stay. Yeah, you, you need to stay right here. Verse 11, it says, and Boaz replied. Uh, he, so, she began, she, and so she began to ask uh, in verse 10. She said, why, why is you showing so much uh, mercy unto me? Why it, is, why it is that you're showing so much favor unto me? And Boaz replied in verse 11. He said, I've told all about, about what you have done for the mother-in-law. He said, I've been told about everything that you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and homeland and came to live with a people uh, you did not know uh, that you did not know before. So in other words, he said, look, folks been watching you and they told me about all the stuff you done done. They've been, they've been watching you. That, I mean, that's how they knew who you was. Listen, she was a foreigner in that country, but why all of a sudden now everybody know who Ruth is? You see, because you got to understand whether you like it or not, folks is watching you. That's why I tell y'all when we talk about our ministry, when we talk about what it is that people see, does Christ see, does people see Christ in you? When they look at you, um, because they're looking at you whether you want them to look at you or not. They, they, they may be judging you. They may be looking you over. They may be watching you, maybe seeing what you're doing, especially when you talk about you're a Christian because they're just waiting for you to do something that ain't Christ-like so they can tell you about it. Um, so you got to understand that people are always watching you, and every time they see you, they ought to see a light. And they saw some, and the people there, they, they, saw, they saw something in Ruth, and they began to tell Boaz. And in verse 12, he says, may the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, who's under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Listen, he said in verse 12, it says, may the Lord repay you. And then he said again, he said, may you be richly rewarded by the Lord. Uh, we, we talked in one of our previous lessons about not allowing uh, 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 nobody to be in the place of God uh, in your life. So Boaz, listen, being a man of standing, so somebody who had money, he had power, he did not say, I'm going to bless you. He said, listen, he said, may the Lord bless you. Uh, may the Lord watch over you. So in other words, he like, yeah, I may have money and things of that nature, but God can do something for you that I can't do my own. I'm praying that God will bless you in a way that I know I can't bless you. Listen, listen, listen. So in other words, he was praying for his wife before she came his wife. Uh, that's that thing we talked about in interceding for your husband or your wife before you ever hook up with them. Listen, Boaz was interceding for his wife and he didn't even know that was his wife. He was, he was praying for his wife, and I told y'all, you all that have a, a serious desire about being in a relationship, you should be interceding for your mate. You should be praying for your mate. And Boaz, again, was praying that God would bless his wife and didn't even know that was his wife, man. I'm telling you, y'all better get on y'all knees and be praying for your mate. So, 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 uh, so he did not uh, put himself in God's place. He said that the Lord would bless her uh, and do that. In verse, uh, verse 15, it says, and she got up uh, to glean, and Boaz gave order to the men. Listen, and Boaz somehow told me he, he really, she, she really didn't done some things. Uh, it, says in, it says, even if the, if the gatherers among the sheep don't, uh, no, she said, verse 15, as she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to the men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. He said, rather pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So in other words, he said, look, now I want you to go and make it even easier for her. So I want you to go and pick some of the stuff out and just leave it on the ground for her and just let her just go by and just, just pick it up. I, I'm telling you, when you're talking about a, a, a person, uh, and, and so one woman, you got to understand what a man will do for you when he sees value in you. Uh, and men, you got to understand what it is you should be doing when you see value in her. See, a lot of times we should, a lot of times we just try to play so hard and things of that nature, but uh, that is nothing that's something that Boaz did. Boaz knew that the interest that he had in her and he expressed it because he even told the men don't mess with her. So obviously 
obviously they understood uh, what it is his, his, that uh, he desired to, uh, to begin to build a relationship uh, with uh, Ruth at that point. Chapter 3. This is now Boaz, uh, Naomi begins to talk to uh, Ruth and she began to tell her some of the things that she needed to do uh, because she realized that Boaz uh, was now a kindred of hers uh, and he was a, a kindred redeemer. In verse 3, chapter 3, it says, she says, watch and perfume yourself and put on your best clothes and then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you're there until he has finished eating and drinking. So she said, wash and perfume yourself. The same thing that, uh, the same thing that, uh, 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 what's her name? Who I'm looking for? The same thing that Esther had to do, yeah. The same thing that Esther had to do when she was getting prepared to go for the king. She had to get herself prepared. So even Naomi, even during that time, she understood that uh, even though Boaz had taken notice in her, she still had to make sure that she was prepared to go before him. I told you all there is a there is a piece that belongs to you because in a relationship is just two individuals. So you all have to you all have to make sure that you're prepared uh, for your mate uh, as they uh, as they, as you're looking to be in a relationship. And he she said go down. Uh, she said wait until he has finished eating and drinking so in other words she said look don't be all up in the main face let the man chill out and do what he gonna do uh, and then you know you then you'll get the opportunity to talk to him I'm telling you, you ain't got to smother this man this man already has interest in you so you ain't got to do all that uh, so she said wait until that happens and then she said verse 4 she says lie down uh, she says when he lies down note the place where he is lying uh, and then go and uncover his feet and uh, and then go and uncover his feet and lie uh, down and then he will uh, tell you what to do um, she said go and Cover, uncover his feet uh, and the king first that says that she uh, and she did that and she began she uncovered his feet uh, and she lied down uh, at his feet listen you got to understand she didn't lie down in his bed she lied down at his feet See, you ain't got to want to be with a person so bad that you're willing just to lie down with them just to make you think that that is going to allow them. Listen, it has to be something more than that. It has to be so much more uh, than just sex. If it's not something more than sex, I'm telling you, listen, the, uh, 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 a sexual, uh, uh, a sexual uh, you know, studies have shown that the average sexual intercourse only lasts seven minutes. Listen, there are, there are 24 hours in a day. If, if, if sex only lasts seven minutes, what the heck are you going to do to utter 23 hours and 53 minutes? So your, your relationship has to be built on something more than just sex. It has, it has to be. You got to get that in your spirit. You got to understand that. They, I'm telling you, it has to be something more that will keep you in a relationship uh, This is just sex. Listen, it says in verse 4, it says, then go lie down. He said, then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. The Bible says that he will tell you what to do. So Naomi understood that a real man will give orders. Um, see, listen, he said he will tell you what to do. Now, uh, the first part is me and that we got to be willing to actually to, to be actually willing to lead the woman as a leader. We we should be leading her as a leader we should be leading her so now if we are to lead her first now a woman is supposed to follow along as he's following God so now we have to be in a position where we following Christ and when we following him we won't have no problem getting a woman to follow us listen because because listen when she gets to the point where she understands that so just as he's supposed she said he will tell you what to do so in other words it was implied that you need to listen to what it is that he says so by him being led by God God will give him instructions for him and the family and that's the order that God has placed things to be so you had to get to a point because you've hooked up with a man of God and, and Boaz again has shown himself a man of God the way he interceded for his wife he said now he said now you need to listen to him so in other words she had to go in there uh, with the understanding that she's willing to submit herself unto the direction of her husband who's already following God 
So now, if you hook up with a man and he's following God, then you need to have your mind right uh, and out of your, your out of your selfish stage to your, where you're willing to submit unto what it is that God is leading him to do. Listen, as a helpmate, you're supposed to help him with his purpose. That's why it's important that men we know our purpose, and that way our women can fulfill their purpose by helping us do what it is what our purpose is. So she said he will he will he will tell you what to do. See, then you, you couldn't, you see, you couldn't, you couldn't run over no real man. I, I, I see that all the time and women talking about you. I'm telling you women, you can't run over, you, 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 you cannot run over a real man. I'm telling you, that's why I can't wait till we get the girls to go sit down somewhere. You can't, you, listen, uh, you, you can't do that because he will tell you what to do and you need to be willing to listen. Jump down to verse 10, chapter 3. It said, the Lord... The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. Uh, your kindness is greater because, again, he woke up and saw her at his feet. He said the kindness uh, is greater than, than, uh, than that which you have shown earlier. You have not run after the younger men which were rich or poor. So listen, Boaz is watching everything that she's doing. He said, I noticed that you hadn't run after the younger men. He said, you came here unmarried men here that you could have hooked up with that were much younger than I am uh, and that who were indeed rich. He said, but I noticed that you wasn't running around sleeping with everybody, trying to hook up with everybody. I noticed that you had your mind focused on taking care of the things you need to take care of. I noticed that you were operating in the season in which you were in and that you wasn't running around fooling with everybody. Just like you don't want, listen, women, just like you don't want no man to sleep around with everybody, don't no man want no woman to sleep around with everybody. That's running around with every single body. So you got to understand that. You, you, you really got to understand that and get you to your mind and get you to your heart because Boaz again was noticing that uh, from her. In verse 14, it says she lay at his feet until morning. She lay at his feet until morning. So one, because Boaz told her, Boaz told her, look, just stay there till the morning uh, and just sleep there. So in other words, Boaz, listen, men, Boaz did not say, okay, get in the bed, I'm going to have sex with you, and now since, since I see you, you want to be with me, then we're just going to go ahead and do our thing. Boaz did not say that, and then you got to understand that, 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 uh, that Ruth was obedient because she again stayed at his feet. So again, not in his bed, but at his feet. You got to understand that because she was again, she was saving the best for last. In, verse, in, in chapter 4, uh, in verse one, we read that uh, Boaz uh, that Boaz found out that there was a kinsman redeemer. This, this was somebody who could redeem what was supposed to happen. Is whenever uh, whenever a, a man died, that uh, a, a relative or somebody who brought the land would take the land, and then uh, the widow of the person who who of the man who had died. Uh, and so uh, there was a kinsman redeemer above Boaz, and so Boaz uh, went to him. In verse five, it says, "On then Boaz said, on the day you buy the land from Naomi and Ruth, the the moment is you were you were." You acquire the dead man's widow in order to maintain the name of the dead of the dead with his property. So in other words, he said, look, uh, if you got to understand it, he said, look, you have the opportunity to buy uh, the land that uh, Ruth husband owned. And if you buy it, then you have to also take his wife so that she can bear a child and his name can keep going. Um, so in other words, he said, look, you got to understand that now. If you take the land, you're going to be responsible for uh, for Ruth also. Uh, and the Bible says, and the kinsman redeemer says uh, in verse 6, he said, I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. Uh, you redeem it yourself because I cannot do it. So in other words, he, the kinsman redeemer was saying, look, I ain't in no position or I ain't ready to be taking care uh, of no woman or being with nobody like that. Listen, he, he said that point blank. He said, so look, I'm not going to fool with it because I'm not ready to do that. Um, if, if somebody tells you that they're not ready to be with you and they don't want to fool with you, then just leave it alone because they just being honest with you. Don't try to force no relationship on nobody. 
Listen, you cannot. It, those things need to happen naturally. Uh, there are some of us that want a relationship now. Uh, you can't force that. And then there are some of us who don't, but you can't stop it. Listen, Boaz didn't know that Ruth was going to show up when she did. Boaz did not know that Ruth was going to show up when she did. So some of y'all may be single and satisfied. Uh, and make, sure, make sure that you're actually single and, and satisfied, but you never know when he or she is coming along. So you can't have yourself so closed off and so, uh, so much in reserve that you're not have your, your eyes and your ears open to who, who it is that God might be sending you away. So Boaz told her, he said, you acquired a land. In verse, in verse 9, it says, then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, he said, today you are witness I have brought from Naomi all the property uh, uh Imelech, Kilion, and Malon. So in other words, he wanted Ruth so bad, he didn't just buy her husband property, he brought everybody property just to get Ruth. Uh, he wanted Ruth that bad, he went there, he brought everybody property. I'm telling you, don't tell me what a man won't do when he really wants you. I, 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 I know what he'll do when he really wants you. And so that's why that's why you all don't have that's why you all don't have to put yourself out there and just think that you just got to do anything just to win a man over. Tell him he really wants you. There ain't nothing. There ain't nothing that we won't do to get you when we really want you. A absolutely nothing. So women, you got to understand that. Uh, now, uh, in verse in verse thirteen, what we understand we understand that they waited. In verse thirteen in chapter four it says, "So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And then he went. Uh, he went." To her and the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. So Boaz and took Ruth and she became his wife and then he went uh, into her. So he had sex with her after he had married her. So in other words, he did, uh, he did a lot. He did. He protected her. He watched over her. He provided for her. Uh, he, he, he treated her with such a value because she treated herself with value because she had a work ethic. And then after they were married, then they went uh, and they uh, and they had sex and then they conceived uh, in their marriage. Now, listen, listen I, I, don't y'all want y'all to miss. You got to understand uh, the, the, the genealogy of, the, of that time. Listen, Ruth and Boaz uh, gave birth to uh, Obed, who was the father of Jesse, uh, who was the father of David. And we know that Jesus comes from the line of David. So in other words... Uh, Ruth put herself in a position to take part in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Listen, so, you, listen, you, I mean, you, you really never know what it is that God is working out. And Ruth never thought that she would be, listen, Ruth had her mind focused in the season in which she was in. She was in a season when she was a widow, and she, that was the only thing she was concerned about. She said, I'm going to bless God. I'm going to do things in which God leads me to do, and that just said, and God worked that thing out to where she was in the lineage of Jesus Christ. All by being uh, faithful, by being committed first, and then by saving uh, the best for last. So we got to learn. I, I really want you all to get that and understand that uh, uh, about, uh, about relationships and about uh, what happened to Ruth. And um, there is so much value in saving uh, the best for last because, again, I believe that your mate will respect you so much more. I promise you they will. You may not think it, and they may trip at it because typically somebody is always weak in a relationship. Uh, somebody is always weak, I'm telling you, but they will respect you so much more because what happened is you're going to help them. You're going to help them be better. So one of y'all had to be the strong person. You're going to help the other person be better. And that's the point of it. We're supposed to complement each other uh, in our strengths and our weaknesses or what have you. So where I'm weak, uh, I, my wife is strong. And where I'm, where I'm strong, all the time, that's where my wife is weak. Uh, but we complement each other in that. And that's just the way that things are supposed to be. So, so, so how do then I be in a relationship uh, and not have sex? 
how do I be in a relationship? If I'm already in a relationship and we having sex, uh, how, how can I do that uh, and then uh, not fall? Um, because we know that, uh, you know, Matthew 26, 41 tells us that uh, the spirit is weak, the spirit is willing, but oftentimes that the flesh is weak. Um, so because my flesh is weak, how is it that I can operate and be in a sexual relationship without, uh, without falling? Uh, so what I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you six strategies to keep from falling. Uh, six strategies to keep from falling. Um, the first one is guarding your gates. Listen, uh, you have ear gates and you have uh, eye gates. Uh, you have to make sure that you don't let anything inside of your gates. Um, now, that, that will cause you to, to fall. Uh, a lot of times we see different things, and that's how we learn things. That's how uh, things come into our, our knowing is by the things in which we see. So you got to make sure uh, that uh, we, we guard what comes into our minds and things of that nature because what happens is when we begin to look at a lot of sex stuff, we begin to think about sex more, and then next thing you know, we're actually having sex. Everything begins uh, in the mind. We we have to guide our, guard our ear gates uh, and our eye gates. Now, number two, strategy for keep from falling. Uh, you have to monitor your spiritual pulse. Where are you spiritually? Y'all know how it is when, when you, when it seems like when you stop praying, when you stop meditating, when you stop uh, really being before God, it seems like you just start to really get off track and these things just start to fall off and it seems like you be, seems as if you become disconnected. You have to make sure that you stay connected and that your spiritual pulse is pumping well inside of you so that you can help uh, that word inside of you, uh, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit constantly talking to you, you being attentive to his voice uh, and being able to hear him would allow you to keep you from falling. So you have to monitor your spiritual voice. How's your prayer life being? How's your meditation being? How's your, how's your scripture reading being? Uh, how's your uh, attendance at service being? All that type of stuff you have to monitor because oftentimes uh, that the, the decline of those things began uh, to cause death inside of us because you know someone without a pulse uh, eventually will die. Uh, and so though when we when we have an absence of those things, we'll find uh, that um, we'll begin to to open up doors to be able to uh, to allow ourselves to be attacked by the enemy uh, and to begin to die spiritually. Uh, number three, strategy for keeping falling: you have to take precautions. You have to take precautions. Um, you have to be knowledgeable and noticeable of sexual uh, of, of signs of sexual attraction. And y'all know how it is. I mean, I ain't none of us crazy. You know somebody really like you. You know somebody really want to, you know, try to get on you and stuff like that. Um, you know when you feel that way towards somebody else. You know when you find somebody attractive, things of that nature. Um, we have to take precautions. So it, there's nothing wrong with that. You got to understand that. We're going to talk about We're going to really dive deep into the whole sex thing next week. But you got to understand there's nothing wrong, uh, you know, with you being sexually attracted to somebody. But when you know that you are, you have to take precautions to make sure that you don't fall. Because you you being sexually attracted to them, they being sexually attracted to you, and then y'all not taking no precautions to keep yourselves from becoming sexually uh, active, then we'll, you'll find yourself falling. So we have to take precautions, uh, and we have to bag off early. When we see it, when we see it, and we know it, we have to begin to bag off. We can't play with it. We know if we play with fire, we'll get burnt. You can't play with it. I'm telling you, you get a devil inch, I promise you he will take a mile. So you cannot play with it when you know that the sexual attraction exists. Uh, Martin Luther once said that you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. So you got to make sure that uh, we don't, uh, though we can't stop the, the temptation, we can't stop from seeing people that we are sexually attracted to, uh, we can keep ourselves from being entangled uh, in some crazy sexual relationship. Now, number four, you got to know yourself. 
Uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10 and 12, he said, let uh, you who think you are standing take heed lest you fall. Um, so listen, you got to know your own self uh, and know, don't think that you just there yet. Oh, you've been good. You've been single. You haven't been having sex. You have, you've, been, you've been doing good for the last year or two. Uh, don't you, that's when you really need to be watching yourself lest you fall, that you think you just there and you just think it ain't going to happen to you. That's when you really need to be on guard and be watching yourself. Um, so you got to kind of know yourself uh, and, and know, uh, you know, kind of where you are or what have you. Don't think that you're there or know that you're weak. If you're weak and you know you're weak, then just say that you're weak and just stay out of those situations. Don't put yourself in compromised situations if you know that you're weak. So don't be, you know, there are certain things that you just can't do if you're weak. There's certain music you shouldn't listen to, certain things you shouldn't let get in your, your eye gaze and your ear gaze because you know that you're weak. So just know where you are um, before, you, uh, before you allow yourselves to be, um, to be uh, put in a position where you would not be able to bear uh, the temptation. Uh, now, number five, you got to pick the right settings. Listen, you, you can only have sex in certain places. You just can't have just like sex anywhere. So you have to pick the right settings. So when you go on dates and things of that nature, a lot of times, um, a, a lot of times, especially if you're struggling and you know where you are, you need to be taking somebody with you. Uh, so that, you know, that, that will help being, being around friends, things of that nature. Uh, also, like I said, if, you, if y'all grown and you got their own place and they got their own place, uh, if y'all spiritually weak or y'all cannot control your flesh, it's probably best that you don't go to their house and they don't go to yours. Um, so you have to pick the right setting so that we got a date always in the open. If that's where you are, that's just where you are. So you got to acknowledge that. Don't be crazy and think, oh, we just going to go and watch a movie. And the next thing you know is panties and socks all over everywhere. And y'all put me in there watching a the movie. So I'm saying, if you that weak, listen, if you that weak, you need to pick the right settings. Y'all know there ain't no good setting. Y'all know how it go. Y'all know it's not a good setting. So just make sure you do it. Just make sure you're picking the right settings uh, and, and things of that nature. Uh, don't be pulling up under the tree talking about y'all finna watch the stars and all that type of stuff. Uh, don't, don't, don't do that. That ain't the right setting, especially if you know you're weak. Don't do that. Um, now, number, number, number six, listen, number six, um, you want to rehearse the consequences. Listen, there are consequences when we do things out of order. You need to rehearse those consequences in your head and really know what it really is going to cost you if you do things out of order. The, the respect of your mate or your potential husband or wife, that's going to cost you. The ineffectiveness of your ministry by doing things of that nature. Because somebody going to know, I'm saying, even if it's just that person, that person knows. So you, you got to think of what it's going to cost you. What it's going to cost you as it relates to what people are going to think about you when they find out that's what you're doing. When you're singing in the choir, then you're doing those things. What, what are people going to think about you when you, so you, you, you head deacon, but you're doing those things? What are people going to think about you? So you, we got we to gotta look at the consequences. The consequences of uh, what about, uh, what about the, 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 the baby you might have out of wedlock? What about the uh, STD that you might catch? See, a lot of, we need to think about the consequences of our action. So if you become sexually active, you need to constantly rewind those consequences in your mind to help you keep from doing that because a lot of us when we think about the consequences we say no it ain't even worth it if we think about it it ain't it ain't it ain't even worth it that little seven minutes ain't even worth it um so we gotta <laughs> we, we gotta re uh we gotta rehearse the consequences uh in our minds um and constantly keep us abreast like hey you know what it's, it, it's not even worth that um, so, uh, again, those are the six, uh, the six strategies to keep from falling. Guard your gates, monitor your spiritual posts, take precautions, know yourself, pick the right settings, uh, and rehearse the consequences in your mind. Um, and so, again, that is the strategy to keep from falling. Uh, each for our message for um, save uh, the best for last.